the Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're going to be talking about how to win when shadow boxing with identity thieves. Identity theft doesn't just happen to the other guy anymore. You know, before you think, oh, identity theft, that's not, I don't have that problem. Just wait. It's become an, ec- an epidemic. In fact, it's the fastest growing crime in America. And by some accounts, there have been 9.9 million victims just in the last year. My guests today are attorney Mari Frank. She's going to describe the nightmare that she endured as a victim of identity theft. You see, even an attorney can suffer identity theft. And how she rose above it to become an activist and an author of her latest book, From Victim to Victor. We'll talk about some of her other uh, books and kits as well, but this is her latest book. We're also going to be joined by Mike Pruszynski. He's the Vice President of Communications of LifeLock and he's a certified identity theft risk management specialist. Um, He is going to talk about how to prevent uh, identity theft and, in other words, how to lock the barn door before the horse escapes along with your identity and hard-earned cash. Let's start with Mari. Welcome to the show, Mari. Well, thank you for inviting me, Dr. Carroll. Now, you're someone who... um, (laughs) who has really uh, devoted your life to this subject. I mean, this is everything you want to know about identity theft. Um, And tell us, because I know it's a very interesting story, tell us what you were doing before you devoted your life to this and, and how this turnaround happened. Well, I have been an attorney and had been an attorney before I became the victim back in 1996. And at that time, there was no one who knew about identity theft. It wasn't really out there in the public like we hear about it all the time now. And I got a call. Uh, it was an afternoon. I was actually taking off early on a Friday afternoon after a hard week in my law office. And I got a phone call from a company I never heard of asking me why I had not paid my $11,000 bill to them. And I didn't know who they were. They didn't want to give me any information. Um, and from that, I learned subsequently that my evil twin uh, had not only gotten over $50,000 worth of credit in my name, but she was parading as an attorney. Huh. And so this was, she was giving out business cards with my name on it, which could subject me to, you know, all sorts of things like getting disbarred. So I ended up writing over 500 letters. I ended up... To, to who? To... Well, to the credit bureaus, to the credit card companies, to the State Bar of California, to the Social Security Administration, to law enforcement officials, on and on, because you have to contact everybody. And, you know, this is not just about financial identity theft, because we know that many other things can happen, medical identity theft, people can commit crimes in your name. I've helped many of my clients who that has happened to them. Um, Other things, such as somebody filing an IRS, a tax return, and of course, then you get the you know then you end up that you cannot uh, file a tax return, and someone else has gotten your refund. Huh. That just happened at UCI with over ninety graduate students, and I think there's like seven thousand who are exposed to that. Or workers' comp. I had a guy who called me. He tried to file for workers' comp, and someone had already gotten it. Someone can come in here and get a job. They're not even here legally, and they can use your social. So it's much more than just financial identity theft. So I ended up going and and actually writing the legislation that made identity theft a crime both at the California level and at the federal level. Well, now, um, in doing research for this show today, I was reading about how uh, much of the identity theft comes from 
um, not strangers, but from family and friends and neighbors. That's not true. It's only 11% that comes from uh, family or people that you know. And there have been a lot of studies on this, and unfortunately the Javelin study has, has made it very confusing with their study. But the truth of the matter is when you look at the Federal Trade Commission and all the research that they've done, it's about 11 to 12%. The way they ask you the question is, did you, did you find out who your, impo- your imposter is? Well, I, for example, did find out who my imposter was after doing my own research. It's someone I never met. I never saw until they actually did my story on Dateline. I never knew who she was. Well, so she, the way how they, did she know who you were? Well, this is how she knew. She was working. I found this out later. She was working as a contract secretary in a law office in Ventura, and I'm in Ventura, California, which is about four hours north of where I am in South Orange County. And she was reading the legal newspaper for the state of California, which is called the Daily Journal, and she was picking out names of people who were active. I was chair of several committees, and my name was in there. So she would pick out a name, and then she would download the, the Equifax, which is one of their, their credit reporting agencies. She would download it in the office. And then she, when they got the credit reports, they could see everything about you. They could see your social security number. They could see your maiden name, your, your, all your contact information and all of your profile, as well as which cards that, which credit cards you had. So she applied for credit cards that I didn't have. You see? And so she could then create a, a, an evil twin profile on my credit report that was going into collections. My, my side of the credit report was perfect, you know, paying my mortgage. Well, is that the way it still is that anyone can go to one of these um, credit agencies? And, I mean, she didn't have to know your Social Security number or something before she, well, no, I guess. Actually not. And, and you have to think about all of these, all of the, not anybody can go, but if you have a subscription service with the credit bureaus, for example, realtors, you know, real estate agencies do that, or title companies, uh, mortgage brokers. Um, there are a lot of companies that have access to uh, credit reports because they are going to do a, a great deal of hiring. Uh, background checking companies, law enforcement. So if you think about it, there are many different agencies and companies that have access to your credit report and from that, you know, there are people who are unscrupulous employees, like the one that happened to me. So it, it, that isn't the only way it can happen. Basically, the Social Security number is the key to the kingdom of identity theft because it's not only used to uh, establish credit, but it's, it's used as well with law enforcement, even more so than, than fingerprints, okay? Um, when you do a background check on somebody, you do it by their social you don't do it by their fingerprints. Uh, also, it's used for uh, for voting, not for voting, but for driver's license, so someone can get your driver's license. Uh, for anything that you can do with your Social Security number, they can do, okay? And that is the key. They can even use the wrong name with the right social. Mm. I've, I've been the, an expert witness on many of these cases where – your social is used in maybe someone else's name, and yet they still establish credit in your name, and the credit bureaus still put it on your credit report, and it ruins your credit. Or something happens that, for example, your background check will have all sorts of things on there that, that do not belong to you. Well, now, if, if um, and, and is this still possible then? Yes. To- oh, yes. That's what's so frustrating for me. I mean, I've worked on... So many laws at the state and the federal level, and, and it's, it's better in that at least if you're a victim now, you can get a police report. Because when I went to law enforcement in Orange County, California, they were very nice to me. And they said, well, you know, Mari, that, you know, we understand that you're having a problem, but you're not the victim under the law. And so we had to actually go not only to California, but all the states and get a law making identity theft a crime so that People could get a police report because without a police report, the credit card companies and credit bureaus and all of the agencies that you have to deal with won't believe you. Mm. But it is a misnomer and it is a mistake, and I know you, you read it somewhere, but it is not true that most is from... Family members. Okay, then who? Then what are the percentages? Who? Who, who is well, most likely? Well, as far as family members and people that you know that are close to you, it's about eleven to twelve percent. And 
by the way, only 10%, about 10% of victims ever find out who their imposter really is, mm. by the way. Mm. I found out only because I literally, as an attorney, I knew how to do research, and what I did was I saw, listen to what I had to do, I saw my credit report and I saw an inquiry from a company that I had never heard of. An inquiry means that they got your credit report. It's just this little thing at the end of your credit report. And I said, well, gee, I wasn't applying for a loan. It was a mortgage company. I called this mortgage company in Tennessee who had then gotten my credit report from another company from like three different companies in the South that I had to call. And I finally said, what is the permissible purpose for you getting my credit report? And they didn't want to tell me, and they finally did, because I didn't give up. You can hear how shy I am. Uh And finally, I got them to fax me the original request, and it was from this woman who was, her name is Tracy Lloyd. She did uh, finally go to, to jail, not after what she did to me, but after what she did to more people after she was let out. Um, But she had uh, been working in this law office, and she said that she had a business dealing with me because that's one of the permissible purposes. And that because she had a business dealing with me, she asked for my credit report. Hmm. So she lied, and there was no authentication to find out from me, do you have a business dealing with this person? Because they're very lax. That's uh, so. That's how it happened. That's what I found out. Well, <laughs> wow. You know, as a psychiatrist, of course, it, it may, I wonder whether there was some whether she picked you. I mean, I know you said she did it to other people too, but whether like she was as a secretary at a law firm, she was jealous that you were in this newspaper and sort of a prominent attorney. She was a methamphetamine addict, a single mom. This is kind of the profile, actually. Methamphetamine addict, uh, single mom. Her dad had been a cop. Her uh, her ex-spouse was a cop. And she had a twenty-two Beretta handgun when, when I finally got her. Oh, wow. <clears throat> All right. We will be back. <laughs> we do need to take a break. Um, we're talking about identity theft. We're talking about shadow boxing with identity thieves. And now you kind of get begin to get the picture, my guest. Is Mari Frank. She is an attorney, a victim who has overcome her own identity theft to help people like us. So stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcasts each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com 
Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And here we are, back on the air. We're talking today about how to win when shadow boxing with identity thieves. Um, we've been talking with attorney Mari Frank. She's been describing the nightmare that she endured as a victim of identity theft. Very interesting story and how she rose above it to become an activist and author of From Victim to Victor and several other books and kits on how you can help yourself uh, to prevent identity theft and what happens if you do become a victim, what you can do. Uh, she talked about writing 500 letters. God, that, now that's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and Mike Prasinski is joining us. He's the Vice President of Communications of LifeLock, and he is also a certified identity theft risk management specialist. So, welcome back to the show, both of you. Uh, thanks for having me. Thanks again. Um, we were talking before, um, in, the first, in the first segment, um, Maury was telling us about her uh, experience with identity theft. Mike, did you ever have an experience with identity theft? I have not. Fortunately, I, I have not had any problems with it at all. Well, what got you interested in this area? Uh, basically, coming to work for this company, um, I was I was actually in the athletic field. I was working at uh, working with NASCAR before Todd Davis, our CEO, called me and said we we're starting a company uh, called LifeLock uh, to try and answer a question for consumers that there had to be a better way to deal with the crime of identity theft. And that was back in 2005 when when really the the, the problem was just starting to to come to the surface and people were starting to recognize of what had really been going on for a while, but no one was really talking about it. So <clears throat> once I came out with the company, that's, that's exactly when I started to really see the problem of identity theft and, and start to recognize my own mistakes and where I was giving out my Social Security number, and I really wasn't watching what was going on with my child's information. Um, and so it kind of opened my eyes to the whole problem as well. And did the founder of LifeLock, have a, were they a victim? Uh, Todd was not a victim, you know, he was not a victim of identity theft. He had just gotten together with a group of individuals that were experts in the field of banking and finance and, and technology, and, and they went together and put together a system that, that made it uh, uh, tougher for criminals to go ahead and use your information, and then they, they found a way to back that up with a million-dollar guarantee that said, if you ever did become one, we would stand behind what we do, and we would go ahead and reimburse you for all expenses and all losses up to a million dollars. Well, let's talk about um, the scope of the problem. Um, Mari was talking about how we started to give some statistics on who um, is the likely person or type of person to be the identity thief. And you were saying, Mari, that it's about 10 or 11% um, of the time that it's people within that you know, people within your own family, although as you were saying, I guess off the air, that the way the questions were asked, you had you didn't have to report, you didn't have to say it was somebody in your own family, so I guess there could be more. Well, I think it's not as many as you think, because what the financial industry wants to do, it wants to make it sound like it's that, uh-huh. so that they get off the hook, because it's really uh-huh. the... the the financial industry and the companies are the ones that are really facilitating this crime. And we know that there's anywhere between 
60 to 70% of identity theft is caused by unscrupulous insiders, people who have access to databases that they can take, people who steal from their doctor's office information, and uh, even the, what happened to me when the, a woman worked in a law office and she was stealing information that she had access to. So companies are allowing people to have access to sensitive information. If you think about who you talk to from the credit card industry, they have access quite a bit at a time to sensitive information about you, and they can use it. We've even had people who were identity thieves in the major credit bureaus there or in the IRS, mm-hmm. in the Federal Trade Commission. So there has been, you know, that's that's a whole little scam that companies are trying to say that it's always oh, a family member or somebody you know and that you can prevent it. Let me tell you, most, they want to blame the victim, and most of the time it has nothing to do with the victim. You could be very careful with your Social Security number, only give it out, if you have a job purpose or a tax reason and yet still become a victim because of the myriad databases that have your sensitive information. You as a doctor know that, you know. I mean, I can't tell you how many doctor's offices and hospitals um, are find out that, that their patients have become victims of identity theft because you have all this sensitive information. Well, what about, um, why don't we start talking about how this can be prevented? Mike, do you want to talk a little bit about that? Well, I thought I heard, I thought I heard Molly earlier, uh, before I got cut off, talking about that there's really, uh, no way to stop identity theft. And, and she's absolutely right. Um, if anybody ever tells you that you can stop identity theft, they're, they're trying to pull a fast one over you. We've identified basically 36 points or, or, means of identity theft, and, and it's broken down to credit and non-credit um, types of identity theft. And really, there's, there's about 17 that, that you can actually have some say in reducing your risk by placing fraud alerts or, or now even credit, credit freezes um, to help, to help fight, to, you know, fight against identity theft. But there's still things out there, much like medical identity theft, that really you have, you have nothing against. You have nothing to fight. So really what it comes down to then is what's going to happen after you become a victim? Who's going to be there to help you? You know, who can you rely on? And for that, there's a lot of different things out there. Some people just like credit monitoring. Some people like insurance. Some people like our guarantee. Um, you know, there's a lot of different companies out there doing what we do. And, it, you know, we tell people you need to take a look at everything out there and try to decide what's best for you. So, Michael, maybe you could explain exactly what you do if someone is a victim of identity theft. Well, I, I would say probably Molly's probably the better the better choice there since she's actually gone through it. Well, what I, I've done is to try and help do self-help so people don't have to hire an attorney or do that. I have a, a book that has legal letters that you write and step-by-step instructions, and it basically takes you through it so that you can remedy the problem, tell you who to talk to, what to say, how to do it, what to write, what the law is. That, that's what I do. But for your hands-on, you know, one-to-one, what exactly do you do with people if they call up and they say they're a victim of identity theft? Well, if they call us, you know, first of all, we determine, are you, have you, are you a client of LifeLock or are you not? If you're not, and we do have people that have contacted us in the past and say, I've been fighting this a long time. I don't know who to turn to anymore. You know, I'm sick and tired of spending the time and the effort. And, Molly, I'm sure you'll, you'll agree with this. Mari, so, Mari. I'm sorry, Mari. Mari <laughs> I apologize. That's um, all right. Um, the majority of the time, it's not really the financial loss that's the problem here. It's the, the frustration and time that you spend on trying to get people to believe that you didn't do this. Right. You know, we tell people all the time, or it's actually come to our opinion that, you know, with most criminals, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty, but with identity theft, you're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. And, 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 and so, that, is, that is a problem with the laws because you do, under the Fair and Accurate Credit Transactions Act, uh, there, that, was, that passed back in 2003 to try and help victims. And what happened was is it put a lot of burden on the victim to write myriad letters and have an affidavit and have a law enforcement report that is... Um, complete enough for the credit bureaus to do anything. So it is, there's a huge burden on, on consumers when they become victims. So, so going back to the original, original question, once we determine whether they have been a member of ours or not, 
you know, we de- we determine how can we best help them. You know, if they're if they're a member of ours, and then you know something did happen, they became a victim. We're going to invoke our guarantee, and we're going to take on the case, and we're going to go do everything we can to get their credit back to the way it was before this happened. And if they're out any financials, we're going to go ahead and reimburse that. Now, if you're taking this on upon yourself, and, and we've heard from a lot of people that have tried, we've worked with some consumer advocates that have, have gone on and, and have become consumer advocates against identity theft because they were victimized. And they've got files inches thick, sometimes two or three files at a time, you know, there, it may be the case here with, with Maury as well, that, you know, you've documented everything. You've talked to everybody. You've talked to numerous policemen. You've talked to people at the credit bureau. You've talked to bill collectors. You've, and, and the time and energy that it takes for you to fight back when no one seems to want to believe you or to help you uh, is the biggest culprit here. So what yeah. we do is we say we, we have people on our staff, we have partners that we've partnered with that know how to work a phone tree, know how to get to the right people, and then we go fight that on their behalf so they don't have to spend the time and money and energy to go do this. We go do it for them. Do you write the letters for them? Do we write the letters for yes. them? Uh, there's some things they're going to have to do for themselves, but for the most part... We're because you have to write letters. Right. I mean, the law is very, very clear. Everything must be in writing. Okay, well, we'll continue this when we come okay. back. I mean, for me, when I think about the nightmare of it, it's the time that it would take that seems like the, the biggest... Um, the worst part of it, I mean, just, just sitting down and writing those letters and taking right. the time to unravel it, I mean, oh, I think I'd rather just change my name and start yeah. again. It doesn't work, though, I can tell you. <laughs> All right, we, we do need to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and we'll be right back talking to you about how to win when shadow boxing with identity thieves. So stay tuned. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, 
Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, talking about how to win when shadow boxing with identity thieves with two of the nation's top experts on this um, from different perspectives. Attorney Mari Frank, um, you'll hear at the end about some of the products that she has that can help you, um, well, help you from the viewpoint of uh, being a victim and how to how to navigate the system, and Mike Prusinski, the Vice President of Communications of LifeLock. And um, we were talking before the break about, um, well, basically what to do if you discover that your identity has been stolen. What is a person to do? Well, it depends on what they find out. For example, if they find out it's credit, which is most of the identity theft, if they find somebody calls them and says, why haven't you paid your bill, or they go to buy a car and they say, you don't have enough, you know, your credit's so bad you couldn't buy a dog, or if they're denied a job or something, they find out insidiously that they're a victim, um, then if it's a financial gain, then the first thing that they're going to do is put a security fraud alert on their credit report that says, don't issue credit without calling me first. And if they're not in the business of right now trying to get credit, it would be even better to put what we call a security freeze on your credit profile that basically stops any company from getting your credit report for the purpose of issuing you credit. So it stops that kind of fraud, but it does not do anything about bank fraud. For example, if somebody uses your ATM number and siphons the money out of your account, because that doesn't appear in your credit report. It doesn't do anything for you if somebody gets your checking account number and routing number and siphons the money out of your account or transfers money. That doesn't do anything because it doesn't appear in your credit report. So... It depends what kind of fraud it is. Or if you're stopped for speeding and they throw you in jail and said you you committed some other crime, it's not going to help you. So it depends on what kind of identity theft that you're talking about. But for most credit, they're going to tell you to put the fraud alert or a security freeze on. Mike, do you have anything to add? Well, I think the two things I would add there is one, uh, uh, first of all, I, I, I guess three things. First of all, I, I agree with what she said. The, the other things are, one, that studies have shown that the amount of credit identity theft uh, compared to non-credit identity theft has actually been dropping over the last couple of years. What's on the increase is that, that other stuff that you can't check, much like this is just the people going to your bank accounts or into your investment accounts or the medical identity theft that we talked about earlier. That seems to be what's on the upside right now. And then in, in regard to the, the credit freezes, I think the other thing to point out is it's not only the companies that can't, uh, that can't see their credit report, but it's not even you. You can't even go use your own credit unless, unless you happen to be in a position to where you lift the credit or in some cases now the states, some states are allowing you to place a, uh, use a PIN number. And in, in some cases, a 15-minute uh, wait, and it's a, uh, you know, you can lift your, you can lift that freeze and go ahead and use your information. Yeah, you can file with the password. That's how you set it up. You set it up in California, for example. It's three days. You you write to the credit bureaus. You ask for a freeze, and then within three days, they have to do it. They give you a, a a password. So you need to know that if you want to go out and buy a car, hmm. you're going to have to to thaw that mm-hmm. credit report with your password before it will be thawed for that particular industry or for everyone. So it is a little bit of a hassle and like you know, like Mike was saying, I think it's New Jersey that has the fifteen minute freeze and, and believe it or not, back in nineteen ninety nine I actually was the one who asked the California legislature to do the security freeze. We didn't get it passed till two thousand two. But there is no reason on earth that the credit bureaus can't do it instantly. They do everything else instantly. So you have to understand that a lot of this identity theft hype is really um, unfortunate because what happens is, is like the credit bureaus actually make money in a new stream that they never had before because now they sell credit monitoring. Well, that's and what I was just, just going to add that. If you, if, you really wanna, if you really want to tie this thing around and, 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 and right in the middle of the bullseye where one of the largest problems is, it would be the credit bureaus. As you said, they're making, mil, they're making actually billions of dollars um, if you add it all together, selling your information 
And then on top of that, they go, okay, well, we're going to sell your information, but on top of that, let's go ahead and offer a monitoring service hmm. that, we can, that we can tell you that we're protecting the information that we're holding, not guaranteeing that it's correct, because as we know, there's a lot of errors on our credit reports, and, then, and they're not very uh, user-friendly. So they've got uh, instant revenue stream on both sides. One, and the same thing with the credit card companies. You notice, I mean, the credit card companies also, and the banks also facilitate this crime. I could give you dozens of examples, but they're facilitating this crime, and then they also are selling credit monitoring. If you look, when I was a victim back in 1996, okay, when nobody knew what to do, and I basically kind of forged through the forest and ended up writing legislation and being involved in, in task forces, et cetera, there, there weren't that many companies around doing anything. It was just the Privacy Rights Clearinghouse, that was, which is a nonprofit helping. Now you go and you see, and there's every company in the world on the bandwagon trying to take advantage of the fact that this is going on. And the financial industry is also every company, every credit card company is selling this. So it's uh, to me, it, it kind of makes me ill because instead of getting laws passed that hold these companies accountable with our sensitive information, mm-hmm. um, it, it re- there's no incentive for them to stop identity theft because they're making money at the other end of it. Mike, did you want to add something? Uh, no, I mean, she's, she's right on. I'm not arguing with her. I'm agreeing with her. You know, um, the, the whole issue of medical identity theft, um, why do you think people do that? I mean, I, I was hearing uh, there's a commercial on, I don't remember who whose it is, but it's, it's a woman talking about how wonderful it is that um, she has uh, – that she has access to her, that she has all her medical information online, and, you know, so that if she, wherever she is, she can get it. And I'm thinking, that's just great, you know, and so can other people. Um, it it, it doesn't, doesn't seem, that certainly seems like it would be helping people with identity theft of medical information, but why why are people stealing that other than curiosity? Well, from okay. my from my standpoint, we we're actually working with a, a gentleman out of out of Oregon who literally lost his lost his business and and was living on the streets for a while because someone was pretending to be him and actually went in and got several procedures done amounting to hundreds of thousands of dollars in doctors and hospital bills. And even though he doesn't have a single scar on his body anywhere, he's still being forced to pay for something that he had nothing to do with. Somebody just walked in pretending to be him and got these procedures. So the answer from, from what we're seeing is it's because they can. It's easy. The hospital, they go into a hospital. Hospitals aren't checking credit reports. They're checking for do you have insurance or you do not. And it really has nothing to do with the medical information online. It's just they had the information. They went to the hospital, pretend to be him, got the procedures they needed. And then on the other side, all of a sudden, now they're changing medical charts and they have him. They have the real person down as a different blood type, mm-hmm. and and different and different things with his with his body that that really aren't his. So if he happens mm-hmm. to go back into the same hospital, they pull his medical charts. There's a whole different problem there. Right, mm-hmm. and this has been going on for a long time. It's you know whether or not you have. Uh, insurance or not, this is happening. Yes, they can use your medical insurance number and everything. Like I said, anything you can get, Carol, they can get. And, and that's the problem, is that we need to have some authentication measures. Yeah, this, um, but, uh, okay, well, well, we'll have to continue with this thought when we come back. Okay. Um, we, unfortunately, we, we have identity theft of, uh, of our, <laughs> of our conversation, but we right, do need to right. take another break. We'll be back talking more about identity theft, what you can do. When we come back, you're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at one 866 472 5787 Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. 
Dr. Carroll is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with Easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. This is uh, talking about shadow boxing with identity thieves, and it's a little more complicated than, than I certainly imagined, and um, probably a lot of my listeners, too. It's, it's kind of like something that you're thinking, oh, God, I really don't want this to happen to me now. Right. Um, but so what, what is the bottom line? Like, besides putting the freezes and, and so on, um, I mean, does it, is, the, is, the, is the best thing or the most important thing to do, um, in addition to that, just being really careful where, to whom you give your social security number, and are there times when you can refuse to do that that we don't know about? Well, yeah, there, there's a lot of things that you can do to put up some barriers, and that is, it's true, don't give out information uh, like your social security number, and you only should be giving it out for some tax purpose or if you're applying for credit. But you're not in control of what they do with that once they've collected it from you. And that's a real problem. That We hear about millions of pieces of data that have been uh, the, the result in, of a security breach, right? And that's beyond your control. So, for example, I have a book called Safeguard Your Identity, and it's a personal privacy audit. There are certain things you can do to really lock up your privacy, but there's many things you can't do, and that's... That's the problem. I mean, I do suggest that you be a savvy, privacy-conscious consumer by don't give out, you know, if someone ever calls you or contacts you by mail or by email and asking for sensitive information, never give it. You know, look up the number that you know of your bank or the number that you know for the IRS or whomever, and you call and you find out if they really are looking for some information from you. Never give out information to anybody. Be stingy with your information. Don't be stingy with your charities, but be stingy with your information. That's one thing that you can do. Another thing, when you think about going online, you know, what are you putting in your emails? Are you, are you very careful about protecting yourself when you're, you know, when you're connected to the internet? Do you run your anti-spyware? Do you run your antivirus? Do you have passwords that are made up of numbers and letters that are at least 12 numbers or letters? Are you encrypting sensitive information? Are you encrypting anything that you keep on your computer that has your sensitive information? Those, you know, those are just some of the things that we tell you to do in my book, How to Safeguard Your Identity. And certain things that you can do about checking your credit reports, you can get them for free once a year at annualcreditreport.com, even if you're not a victim. If you're a victim, you can get them twice for free in every state except California. You can get one for free every single month of the year. So there's a lot of things out there that you can do to protect yourself, but the bottom line is if somebody wants to take your identity, they can do it. Mike? 
Well, I, I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to wonder why I'm here because every, <laughs> everything, everything she's saying is absolutely correct and true. You know, we tell people all the time, as, as just stated, there's nothing. If somebody wants to get you, they're going to get you. There's, there's really no, no way around that. And, and so we tell people all the time, you're absolutely right. There's things you can do out there for free. You should be doing for free. We would love everybody to sign up for LifeLock, but you know what? It's not realistic. So we tell people, we don't care if you sign up for LifeLock or not, but we do care if you do nothing. If we go and make a presentation to your group and we, we present to you every option out there, including credit freezes, fraud alerts, credit monitoring, you know, annualcreditreport.com, and then you walk away and do absolutely nothing, and then something happens to you, well, then there's really no one to blame but yourself. So consumers need to take control of the situation. The credit bureaus aren't going to do it. The credit card companies aren't going to do it. And criminals understand this is a, this is a very high reward, low risk crime, and they're very well financed. So they're going to keep going after it. You know, there was a. What do you uh, mean they're very well financed? Well, you know, this is a this is a billion dollar industry. I mean, it's a multi billion dollar industry. So criminals understand that they can get a they get a hold of a piece of of information. They can sell it over and over and over mm. and over. There's nothing stopping them from selling this information. And there are a lot of rings, like Nigerian fraud rings and, and foreign nationals that can get this information and sell it. I mean, it's sold on the Internet all the time. So right. that, that, then, that is know, definitely. If, if you look at it in the typical lines of crime, you know, there's a reason, there's a reason that uh, a criminal will steal a car, but he can only sell that car one time. Hmm. You know, if, he's in, if, if there's drugs. And a higher chance that he's going to get caught. Absolutely. You know, you know that's, a, that's the a, thing. This, I mean, even it used to be back in the early 90s when this crime really started happening, it used to just be white-collar crime people. But then when the white-collar guys went to, to prison, they started talking with these other guys, and these people would say, well, wait a minute, why am I, you know, holding up a bank and end up in jail for 30 years when I could just get a slap on the hand with maybe two years if I get caught for taking a couple hundred thousand uh, in identity theft? Sure. And there's, Doing, story, there's stories, there's reports, and and actual published stories about criminals in prison stealing people's identities and selling them over the Internet. Yeah, I've even had clients. I had a, a client, a woman, whose Social Security number was used, not her name, okay? I was an expert witness on this case. She was from Utah, but her Social Security number was used by 50 different prisoners <laughs> in jail, okay, in California to open up SBC, which at, the, at that time before AT&T took over, uh, Pacific Bell accounts, and they, she had thousands and thousands of dollars of collection on her credit report, and they never even used her name. So what is that telling you? It's telling you that the companies and the financial industry and all of these companies are not verifying who you are, they're, they're not taking care to protect your identity or protect and, and see who you really are, authenticate who you really are. That's what we need. We need better authentication. We need to hold companies accountable to protect our information because it's far beyond our control. Absolutely. Well, uh, you know, it's a perfect example real quickly. is the University of Colorado. In the last two years, they've had, uh, I believe it's eight data breaches. They've lost information eight different times and yet the university hasn't done anything mm. to protect the people of the data that they've lost, and they haven't done anything except for maybe spend some money to try and, and secure better software for the, or in the firewalls. When out of, out of the eight, I believe four of them had to do with human error. It had nothing to do with people hacking into their system. It was somebody losing a laptop or somebody placing numbers mm. on, a, on a website. So, again, the, here's somebody that blatantly has lost information but yet doesn't take a stand to protect the people that uh -huh. really and that's, their and life part of that, yeah, And part of that is because we don't have laws with teeth. Absolutely. In other words, if, if you, for example, let me give you a terrible example. If you put a fraud alert on your credit report and a company still issues credit to a fraudster after you've put that fraud alert on and they were supposed to call you, you have no right to sue them. Absolutely. So the problem is, is we've got 
Congress has really made it very, very easy for companies to shirk their responsibility, and it's time for a change. Unfortunately, that has not happened, and we have not been able to make companies accountable. And in fact, you hear about you know myriad security breaches of over you know 250 million pieces of information, the sensitive information have have been stolen in security breaches. Well, this and is yet all we very, can't sue. Okay, this is all very fascinating. But we're coming to the end of the show, and I want to make sure that each of you get a chance to tell people um, about your website and what they can find, and so on. So, Mike, why don't we start with you? Well, our, our company website is www.lifelock.com. That's L-I-F-E-L-O-C-K. And very simply, we're going to go do the things that, that you can do for yourself, but we're going to back everything up with a million-dollar guarantee. So we're going to place fraud alerts for you. We're going to get your credit reports. We're going to make sure everything's taken care of if you ever did become a, uh, a victim. But we've added, more importantly, we've added three new products, one being Wallet Lock, which is if you ever lose your wallet or your purse is stolen, we're going to go replace those things for you. We're going to go and take the time, again, take the time and money and effort on ourselves. We're going to go fix that for you. The first, second one is called eRecon. We're going to go weekly and scour over 10,000 websites to, to make sure that your information is out there. And last one's true address to make sure that no one's changing your address without you're okay. Okay. I want to make sure that uh, Mari Frank gets, gets okay. a chance. Okay, I have identitytheft.org where we have over 70 pages of free information. My, my educational materials and help books are tax deductible under 165E. It's Safeguard Your Identity. And I, and the other book and kit, I have this as the Identity Theft Survival Kit and the book from Victim to Victor, the guide to ending the nightmare of identity theft. If people want to order my materials, we'll give them 20% off if they mention the Dr. Carroll uh, radio show on our website at identitytheft.org. Okay, and again, that was lifelock.com and identitytheft.org. It's up to you, folks. You've heard the uh, nightmares, and um, it's worse than you probably thought. So I would suggest uh, going to these websites, checking it out, and, you know, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. I know that sounds, uh, you've, you've heard that before, but it's really true, and you don't want to be caught up in the nightmare. So thank you both. Of, I'd like to thank both of my guests, Mike Prasinski, the Vice President of Communications of LifeLock, and Attorney Maury Frank, a victim-turned-activist and author from Victim to Victor. So thank you all for listening. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.